Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 14. Uh, I think we're still counting those. I mean, it's <laughs> uh, we're getting up to some big numbers here, double digits. Uh, but welcome back. We got a good show today. Not as packed as it usually is, so it'll be a little bit more casual. Um, we got some Blues talk. They're in the playoffs. They're in the series with the Wild. They're currently losing the series 2-1. to one. We got some Cardinals talk. They had some big series this week and a few big wins. And then we got our segments and we got NBA talk. So everything you need right here. And without without any more, let's let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the show me show. I'm Luke Newhouse with my co-host Cam Milheiser. I mean to do that, and we're back once again. Uh, what are we starting off with? Uh, I think What's we'll start with a little blues. But first off, Happy Mother's Day! Yep, to all the moms out there. Very thankful for you all. You all are the best. Yep. And like Luke just said, episode fourteen, so almost coming up on we're three full months into the podcast. Yeah. Coming up on four, so I feel like we've gotten a lot better since the beginning, so that's yeah. good. I remember I uh, last week when I was editing it, it had no – it was the first time it was like a clean edit, so. Yeah, Very pretty exciting. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bengals helmet in front of the table. Yeah, even though we're, we're pro Steelers podcast, but uh, yeah, Bengals helmet. It's a piece of uh, – it's a piece of sports that I think, you know, we're a sports podcast. So. Yeah, a little memorabilia. And we like Joe Burrow, so. Yeah, Joe Mama Burrow. Yeah, Blues Wild. So, thus far, uh, two-to-one series, like Luke mentioned here in our intro. Um, Blues won game one, kind of a shocker. They just kind of went into Minneapolis and kind of shocked the whole arena. They, I mean, they controlled the game. Shootout. Yeah. So, they just dominated that yeah. game. Completely. I mean, it was they just had awesome goaltending in that game and good defense and uh, solid offense, and that's all you need to win playoff games when you don't let them score very much. True. I so, but unfortunately for the Blues, is that it was a complete reversal of roles in Game Two. Like yeah, the Wild just came out and they did the exact same thing to the Blues of what the Blues did to them the other night. So yeah, they completely just woke up and then. You know, after game two, they strut their way to St. Louis and absolutely throttled the Blues from the get-go, too. Yeah. As soon as the puck dropped, within the first three minutes, they were already up 2-0, two goals in three minutes, and uh, just horrible defense to start the game for the Blues. And, you know, part of that's due they have a lot of guys out right yeah, now. Yeah, Fortuzo and Letty are both out, but... Some good news, they saw them on the ice the other day practicing, so maybe yep. they'll be back for game four. Not confirmed, though. Fortuzo um, would be huge because he's he provides no offensive threat whatsoever, but he is a great defenseman, and he's been at Cornerstone in St. Louis for a while. So having yeah. him back, you know, he's kind of a rough and tough guy. Having him back would be huge, a huge boost to the series. But with the recent – kind of 
wild scoring goals. Like they put up like 10 goals in the last two games, I think, at least. A lot of people are calling for Bennington in the net. I don't I don't know. <laughs> he hasn't been the same this year. No, he has, well he hasn't been the same since that one run. Well, he's been really. fine. Although he just hasn't been very good this year. I still think he's the the future goalie for the Blues. It's just this year we have a guy who's better than him this year, and I think we stick with him unless like something. If he comes out and he gives up three goals in the first period again, then maybe you're like, all right, maybe we need a a change or something mm-hmm. just to get the guys going. Yeah, but it is really hard to just toss a different goalie out there when you're down three nothing. Yeah. I mean, a little there's a little less pressure. Because you're already losing by so much, but you know it's the playoffs. So yeah, but all I, something's got to change. They play today at three thirty. I think yeah, three thirty on TBS at home for Game Four. They've got to try and even it up, and they got to try to at least you know keep it close early so that they can keep their fans engaged in the game. I mean, yeah. it was pretty sad. Uh, you know, probably about 60, 75% of the arena was gone before the majority of the third period was even over. So, that, yeah, it was just a blowout. Yeah. So, not great. But, yeah, Letty and Bortuzzo, if they can come back, that would be really helpful for the Blues. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, like I said, they got to win this game or we could be on our way to a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. Maybe. Which, this is a different kind of gentleman sweep, too, because like we said, the Blues kind of shocked everybody by winning game one. By so much. Yeah. And then, fashion. But then again, this this very well could turn into a gentleman sweep. And if they win tonight in St. Louis, I think it will be a gentleman sweep. Like, no questions yeah. asked. I, well, going back home to Minnesota, winning three games in a row, yeah, it, it would not be looking good for the Blues. So today, I would say, is a must-win. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Boston scores there. Yeah. NHL hockey, baby. Uh, some other news around the NHL playoffs. The Avalanche are absolutely throttling. Predators are already up 3 nothing in that series. But did not see that coming, though. Yeah. That's, that's just sad. For Luke, I think you really – kind of hit the nail on the head with that series last week when you said that they're just going to kill them, and they are. It's not even close. Yep. I think uh, the same thing for the the Kings and Oilers series. The Kings came out on the road and beat the Oilers in game one, and that was kind of shocking everyone in a similar fashion that the Blues did. Now it's 2-1. The Oilers are coming back, and it'll be good to see that if they can win a playoff series with, you know, McDavid and Mm -hmm. Drysdale. Because they do have a lot of talent on their team, but they don't seem to ever do very good in the playoffs. Toronto up two to one on the Lightning. I know that was your pick for the Stanley Cup final. Canada. Yep. Well, you also have the Flames, and they're down to a seven seed right now. Well, here's the thing. So, one thing I didn't really look into because I didn't understand the playoff bracket was that. if Edmonton and Calgary both advance, they'll just play each other. Yep. So I didn't really take that into account when I just said Canada's bringing home a cup. Well, that means that, that would mean that one of them is guaranteed to go to the conference se- or conference finals. If they win. Yeah, if they both face each other. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, I mean, that would help, but 
the hockey bracket is so weird. I wish they would just make it like the NBA, like where the top eight teams in the conference mm-hmm. play and yeah, and all that. Because if that was the case, the Blues would be playing the Oilers, I think. Not the that would be a way fun, like a super fun series. Yeah, it would. I think I think that would be a better matchup for us than the Wild too, because the Wild they're so good. Yeah, I mean they're literally the two seed. So although Blues, I mean Blues played really good at the end of the season to make their way all the way up to the three seed, but that's not even like you know something that you know that you pat yourself on the back for because you literally have to play the two seed. Yeah, it's not you know something to get ultra excited about. Uh, I think what we did say like was a week ago is that it would be nice if we could get one playoff series win because the Avalanche they're sitting on the other end. Yeah, and it's and not looking good. Maybe some people hold out hope. Maybe the Predators can can rough them up because they they, they do tired out, but they uh, do sometimes in these series. Yeah, but that's not the case. I mean, yeah. maybe they might be able to sneak a game in here, but I. They're going to get swept. Colorado is winning. <laughs> you um, know, even yeah. more interesting on the east side, honestly, has been that the Capitals are up on the Panthers. That I was my predi- – I called the Capitals upset over the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are far and away better. The Capitals are up 2-1. Two, two to 2-1 is a very common thing between the NBA and NHL you'll come to find today when we talk about the NBA as well. Um but yeah, that series is interesting. This one is very interesting that we have on the TV right now. Um, Boston, yeah, and that's a two-one series as well, in favor of Carolina. But Boston is up three-two, and they've got the momentum in this game. Yeah, it looks like Penguins are up also. So they had that game, game one in that series. Yeah, three overtimes. They were they were at the rink. For damn near five hours. Yeah, they played into Actually, the early hours in the morning. Hours. Yeah. I think they said it was six. I think it was just less than six, if I recall. But Okay. Um, yeah. That's a lot of time to be playing 100% hockey. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time to be sitting in a hockey arena. Yeah. But that's that's a fun series. New York came out and won the second game. and. <laughs> How long was the Rangers Penguins game on? I'll find it. I'll see if it shows up. So yeah, hockey uh, playoffs. We're just beginning. Still just the first round. Long but, ways to go, but exciting. like no, yeah, definitely has been. I don't really get into the NHL until the playoffs, but playoff hockey is so fun because like it all matters. So. I can't find it anywhere. It was around five to six hours yeah. in that range that they were at the yeah, and game one. And no, nobody could stop talking about it either. And apparently there yeah. Apparently there was a goal where the Rangers should have won, but they called like a goalie interference or something that was really questionable. And that was in the first overtime. So Rangers come out with a vengeance game two, but Penguins win the game three. Uh and that that's about wraps it. Yeah, Calgary down two to one to Dallas. That scares me because I hate Dallas. Yeah, they're a hard team to play in the playoffs. They also might be the most boring team in the entire playoffs right now. So they play a boring style of hockey. They have a boring logo <laughs> and kind of a boring city. You know yes. what? At the same time, though, the teams that have 
both hockey and NBA in the playoffs right now are their fans are cheering hard. Like the the Mavericks fans the other night were going crazy. Yeah, against the Sun when they were playing the Suns. Well, who who all has two teams? You got Boston. Yep. You have uh, Dallas, like you just mentioned. Yep. And then Miami and Florida. Yep. I True. think that's it, but no, no Tampa Bay in the NBA, obviously. Yeah. No New York teams in the NBA either. Obviously. Never. Never. Well, and Brooklyn, you could count that, but never. They're gone. So the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs hadn't even started yet, and they had already been swept. <laughs> True. So, yeah. LA? Is there an LA? Nope. No LA teams because of the Lakers. That was an incredible save by the Boston goalie. Yeah, what a fun time to be in those cities, though. I mean, you literally have something to do almost every night in terms of watching sports, you know, at your bars or going to the game or just watching at home. But what a time for them. Um, You want to leapfrog to Cardinals or NBA talk real quick? I think we're kind of mixing in the NBA. I'm going to roll with the NBA so we could do that. All right. So, like I said, two to one seems to be the theme here, and that is literally what every series sits at right now in the NBA. No sweeps in the second round. No sweeps in the second round. Uh, obviously, four gentlemen sweeps still on the table. But, <laughs> well, that's always the case through three <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, so, Heat are up 2-1 right now over the Sixers, and game four is today. Uh, Sixers won game four with MB back. Oh yeah. Sorry. Game three with MB back. Uh, and he didn't even have like a crazy game, but his presence was definitely felt in that game had a double double. Um, and they just needed him to be back and they were able to win once he was, um, just without him on that court, they were dead. Yeah. Like they had no energy. They had no will to win when they, Embiid is not on the court. They just, no, they, they really don't have a it chance to win the series if he's not yeah. in out there. The games were over before they even started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's just how bad they were without him. That's how good of a player he is. And yeah. that's why like I, I'm a big Jokic for MVP guy, but if Embiid wins MVP, he he very well deserves it just as much. Yeah. So no complaints for me if Embiid wins MVP. Um, and like we just said, you know, they've been kind of dead when he's not out there. Game two, they tried to make like a serious push to get back into it, and they kind of did, but it never really felt like they were like that the Heat were out of control. Like they were, they had command of that game anyway. So that didn't really matter. But yeah, with him be back, they have a fighting chance. But I will say this it is incredible to watch James Harden's regression before our <laughs> eyes. And, uh, you know, some was he ever really that good of a player, though? I think he was. I think, I mean, he was able to keep the Rockets competitive in series by himself pretty much most of the time, and he just can't do that anymore. And now that's nothing. that's not a knock on him completely because he's just getting older, and that's really hard to do. But it's crazy to watch it happened just over the past two or three seasons really um and you know who knows maybe a full off season with the sixers next year will propel him into having a better season next year but i don't know i I feel like you know his the twilight of his career has you know yeah 
is here. So he's not a number one option anymore. No, no, he's a number two option for you yep. know the the seventy sixers, and that's fine. But you know, really, Tyrese Maxey has been yeah better than Harden. Is he a rookie or a second year? Second year out of Kentucky, twenty first pick in the draft, I believe, a couple of years ago. Mm. So yeah, I was thinking that was this year for some reason, but no, I think. 21st pick, and I want to say last year he averaged like eight or seven points per game. So big jump for him. Yeah, he I know should have won most improved player if you ask me. But well, who did John Morant? Yeah, but he gave his award to Desmond Bain. So. Yeah, with his name on the award. Yep. So there you go. So Desmond Bain gets an award in his house that says John Morant, most improved <laughs> player. Uh, Beautiful. So more news for the Heat in that series. Tyler Hero wins a six man of the year yeah. award. Um, that's my guy. So yeah, very exciting for that. He deserved it. He is basically a starter with the amount of minutes he plays, but he does come off the bench. So yeah, no, he gives him something off oh, the that bench. Was beautiful. That was a beautiful set play. Ooh. Um, that might seal it. Honestly, two goals. Yeah, is they a got lot. all the momentum. I think it's over this game. Game four, Boston has it. Um, yeah. So Tyler Hero won. Definitely I, deserved oh, it. It brings me to a point. Are they like this year announcing the awards slowly throughout the playoffs? Because I feel yeah. like always before, like they'd have a, a night, I feel like before the finals, and they just have a big awards night and announce them all. But why are they doing it differently this I, year? I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you how they've done it in the past. But yeah, they have been releasing them pre solely like rookie of the year, and they did most improved and then defensive, or maybe it was defensive, then most improved, and then, uh, Six man MVP is gonna be coming up. I would MVP assume will be the last one. I think so, probably he would assume that, and probably what coach of the year or something like that. Yeah, it's just kind of weird how they're doing it. Like just no, one yeah, time, it's though. weird. I guess it's kind of spread out the celebration effect of it. Like every single time somebody wins a new award, they kind of get their shine for a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's not just all on the MVP and coach of the year and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, so if the Sixers win today, things will get really interesting. But, yeah, so moving on to the Suns-Mavericks, they also play game four today, and the Suns, like we said, lead two to one. But this is this is game two in Dallas, So and they won the first game in Dallas. The, Dallas, the Mavericks did. Chris Paul has been great, and so has Luka. Um, and one thing I have to say about this series that has surprised me is because I was watching game three the other night, is both teams are actually fun, which is something that I never thought I would say about the Mavericks, even with Luka. They just have some actual fun players on their team, like Reggie Bullock. Now that's a little biased because of North Carolina, but Bullock, uh, they have some white center. Uh, Maxi, Maxi Kleber? Yes, that yep. guy. Who, I know if he's kind of fun to watch. Um, yeah, Dwight Powell. Pal, uh, my I really, really like Jalen Brunson. He's really fun. Uh, Villanova Wildcat. Yeah. So I, Jalen Brunson, I think is a stud. So and he has really helped them like it. in these playoffs. Yes, they so. blew out the Suns the other day. Yeah. Well, it was actually closer than the scoreboard would say. They kind of pulled away at the end, but yeah, in the fourth quarter they yeah. dominated, but. Like we said, Chris Paul has been playing well. Devin Booker hasn't been playing as well. You know, he's really their 
top scoring threat and he hasn't been doing top scoring type of games. So they need to get him going a little bit more, but other than that, yeah, I mean, this isn't the series is in the same boat. You know, if the home team wins again tonight, it'll be two, two and we'll be in the same spot. Yep. Um, Warriors absolutely crushed the Grizzlies last night. And now That's they also lead it two one. They got some beef going on too right now with the Dylan Brooks situation where he, mm-hmm. I, he, I don't think he meant to kill Gary Payton, but he did. Yeah. And he got ejected from game two and then suspended for game three. And then in game three, Jordan Poole like ripped, like John Morant was just dribbling the ball and he like grabbed his knee and like ripped it. And uh, Ja exited the game with injury. Yeah. I think. He still scored 34 and some claims that Jordan Poole did grab his knee like on purpose. Honestly, I went back and watched it. I don't no, think he's he did. He's trying to make a play on the ball. Yeah. But if that's there, that it's amniotic is there. So yeah, like when Steve Kerr after the game two, he's like they broke the code with Dylan Brooks, the foul on Gary Payton. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean it it probably it was a flagrant foul. Yeah. In my opinion. And it, I was fine with the ejection, but I did not agree with the suspension yeah. in the next game. Yeah. I didn't think it was that dirty of a play. Um, yeah, I think the conclusion that me and you came to was that the reason why they probably suspended them is to get people to chill out in this series and throughout the NBA, but mostly in this series because tensions definitely have been running a little higher. And, you know, if they maybe lay down the hammer on a guy, then maybe things will cool off a little bit because your team needs those guys. And it showed. I mean, the Grizzlies needed him in game three, and he was nowhere to be found. They ended up losing by 30. So, yep. That also goes to show what, you know, what happens when Jaw's not in. I mean, he was carrying them, and they still got smoked. Well, so. I mean, the Grizzlies were, what, 20 and two without Jaw in the regular season. So, that shouldn't be an excuse. But. Yeah, it shouldn't. But then again, the Warriors have also been the best team in the NBA at times. So, yeah. It's kind of hard to not. Uh, is Steph Curry still coming off the bench, or is he starting now? He's starting. Okay, but no, there was, was a time bench for a while. Yeah, the there was round. a time. It's the Nuggets. Oh yeah. Um. Honestly, I think the Warriors have got this one. I don't think. Really? They, yeah, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be able to come back. I think they're honestly going to win Game Three, and then uh, Grizzlies might force a Game Six, and that might be it. I just I don't know the Warriors I think are going so least. well, so yeah. I just don't I don't see the scenario where the Grizzlies win. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I hope Jaw is not hurt bad. Yeah, but, me too. But you know that shot that Jaw missed at the very end of Game One, that layup that just didn't go in that would have won the game. The whole series changes if that goes in because then Memphis goes up two zero and they're up two one right now. It's just looking completely different, so it's just weird to see how like one basket can change. Yeah. Speaking of missed baskets, too, the Celtics yesterday in Game yes. 3 could not make a basket at the end of the game to force overtime, even though they had how many chances? It, well, what really happened was the very final seconds. So, by the way, this was an awesome game. I, I only got to watch the beginning of it, but I was able to see clips from the end. Bucks won 103-101, to and like we said, now they lead the series 2-1. to but it came down to a buzzer beater that went in to tie the game by Al Horford. But
but he didn't get it off in time. Like they just kept shooting it off the backboard, and then he had one more attempt, and it was just on his hand as he put it up. Oh, and it, and it went, went in. in. It went in. So it would have tied it. They would have had overtime, and they went to the monitor to check it out. And, for, you know, it was pretty clear that it did not leave his hand. So um, there was a call in that game that – which led to the buzzer beater there. Uh, Marcus Smart took a shot from the three-point line and got fouled, and they said he wasn't really in the act of a shooting motion. So it was just a one and one. He made the first one, but since instead of he wasn't getting three shots and they were only going to give him two at the max, he had to just kind of throw it off the backboard to try and uh, get something to happen. And something did happen. They almost, you know, scored at the end, but people thought that he should have been given a three point play that how is that not the act of a shooting motion? Uh, it was a tough call. Honestly, I mean, he did just kind of just wail his body around to try and get the foul for a th- three-point uh, three free throws, three free throw attempts. Um, it didn't go his way, though. And, I mean, they're fine. Tatum played horrible, and they only lost by two. So, yeah, true. I That's going to be a fun series. I think that one goes seven. Those I would be juggernaut teams. I think the winner of that goes to the finals. In my opinion, I know you picked the Bucks to go to the finals, and I picked the Celtics. So, yeah, you know, one of them will move on, and one of them won't. Yeah, um, it's also important to note that Giannis had forty-two, uh, and be- between Drew Holiday and Giannis, they shot sixty shots combined. Each of them shot thirty times. Giannis was sixteen of thirty, and a Drew was eleven of thirty. So they shot twenty five, twenty seven of sixty combined, which really isn't that bad. And uh, combined for most of their points, so they have been the dynamic duo the past couple of years. So we'll see if that can carry them through another run. And right now, it looks like it might. So yeah, yeah, that's what we got in the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, what we got? Two games. To, why did they – they were doing, like, two games, and then they were alternating the games every day. So, like, one day it was the Warriors and Bucks, you know, those two games, and then it was the, the the Suns and Heat, those two series. And then all of a sudden there was just a day that there was no NBA basketball. Yeah, th- Thursday, which sucked for me. I had no nothing to do homework-wise, <laughs> which is, like, a rarity. And then there was no NBA on, which really sucked. Well, um, like, why did they give? Because they played on Tuesday and they didn't play again until Saturday, and the other series played on Wednesday and Friday. Like, why did they? Why did they do that? That makes sense. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they do during the the finals. Some days we'll go on like three, four day breaks without games, which is rough, kind of. But yeah, um, I don't know. I hope that that's what I kind of like about hockey. Honestly, is they just go. Yep. Every other day. Yeah, you have an off day, and then you're back at it. So, which I think that's what the NBA is going to do the rest of the way out, right? Uh, I mean, at least in this round. It may be in this round, but once you get to the next couple of rounds, they just try to spread it out. Which is, I don't hate it completely because I actually really love June basketball for some yeah. reason. Uh, I like the NBA in June a lot, but. It is kind of 
it's just really drawn out some of the series with the amount of days in between. But whatever. Yep. So, yeah. Um, Cardinals, they've had some big series, like you've said, and they had a pretty historic moment last night with Yachty getting yep. uh, 1,000 ribbies as a catcher, and he also has 2,000 hits, so he's just the eighth catcher all time. Eighth catcher in MLB history to have both 1,000 career RBIs and 2,000 hits. Yes, and uh, obviously he's won a World Series as well, so pretty awesome career. Um, they they ended up – Cardinals lost to the Giants last night by two field goals. They lost 13-7. to seven. But That was a fun game, though, because Steven Matz pitched awful. Basically, John Mosaic yeah. pitched awful. Um, yeah, I, I like I put, you know, it was a great game and a good game to watch unless you were a pitcher or a fan of <laughs> pitching. True. So, but I, I got I got to watch my fair share of pitching. I went to the game on Monday and that score was one to zero. <laughs> so I got my fair share of good pitch. Steven Matz was actually on the mound for that game. He pitched amazing, but it was also the Royals, not the Giants. So a little, a little different there, but. Yeah, Still, yeah. Was, I went to the game with my dad on Monday. That's my first game of the year. He had tickets, and it was a day game. So I, I got out of school to go watch it, and it was a fun game. We beat the rain, too. The rain was supposed to start at like 1.30. The game started at 12.15, and the rain was supposed to start like at 1.30 to 2. And it, it didn't hit? Didn't hit. It like laid off until like 2.45, and whenever the last batter was up, it kind of started to drizzle a little bit, but Gallegos got him out, so. That was a, that was kind of a weird game because that was a makeup game, yeah, from a few weeks ago whenever it got rained out. But then like they played one game here and then they went on the road to Kansas City to play the same team the next day. It was just it was a bizarre, bizarre situation. But yeah, and then this was just they just came back to town for a game. Yeah, so kind of cool, honestly. Yeah, so on the year we win three out of four against the Royals, which is good. That's what we got to do. We did get blown out by him in one of the games, ten to nothing. Football score, kind of. Uh, yeah, that was that was a weird game because they just dominated us on all levels. Yeah, who started that game? It might have been Hudson, but Wainwright pitched really good the next day against the Royals. Him and Molina are slowly catching up on that. Uh, the all time, what is it? The all time battery mate starts together. Yeah, I was just about to say battery. Um. So, as long as they both stay healthy, they will they'll break the record. But well, then they must be really close. They're like fifteen games away or something like that. I think that's quite a few more starts. Well, yeah, but you have thirty starts in a year. Yeah, thirty, thirty-two starts. You just hope he doesn't get one of them doesn't get hurt. Yep, that's why their age. So, which is very possible, but. Especially Yachty, he seems to have injuries like around this time every year. But mm-hmm. he's actually kind of starting to heat up with the bat. He hit a home run the other night. That was like the first actual thing he's done on offense all year, <laughs> um, other than steal a base. <laughs> uh, he has been very underwhelming, but he, he's been looking good in this series. He obviously had the RBI single to right field to get the 1,000th RBI yesterday. Carlson also starting to heat up as well. He had a three-run homer, and he's been getting a lot of doubles recently. He had the RBI single in the ninth inning on Friday that ended up being the game-winning RBI. So he's getting hot. I like that. 
That's what we need because he started off really slow. Another guy who's hot on the team, Miles Michaelis. Good. Yes. The old Miles Michaelis. That's why Miles Michaelis continues to roll. And do we dare? Do we dare say that the all-star Miles Michaelis is bad? Because he's pitching like in 2018, I do. I love it. All-star. He was the only all-star on the team. He was my favorite pitcher that year. He was so good. Yeah. Like, because our pitching staff was not that good. And I think I went just carried us. I think I went to two or three games that year, and every single one was a Michaelis start. Yeah. It was that's kind of coincidental, but I went in whenever Lance Lynn was on the team, I went to like five straight games and he pitched like every single one. (laughs) It was incredible. Um speaking of Yachty injuries. I remember a few years ago when he got hit in the balls. Oh, by Jordan Hicks. Yes. Yeah. He threw and a slider and Chris Bryant like tipped it and it went bounced off the dirt and went yeah. up and up, broke his nut cup. And yeah. And his nut, really. Yeah. He had to get surgery. They like rushed him to the emergency room, took him out immediately. That yeah. was such a tough scene. Yeah. I remember there was a kid in my math class who literally referenced it saying, did you guys see that Yachty busted a nut? <laughs> in our uh, Not false either. And our math teacher was like, uh, maybe just don't say it like that. But funny moment. I remember that. Definitely helps well, me remember not funny that. for him, but. Helps me remember that injury. <laughs> that was uh, really tough for you. He was out for a while. I mean, yeah, I understand, but. But he was out for a while. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we had this written down. Uh, is Yanni a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Well, I, I was looking at that today, and I was like, he is one of eight catchers in MLB history to accomplish this offensive achievements, right? He's not known for his offense. He's a yeah. defensive guy. He's got nine gold gloves, I think, which is second all time. And he's also the eighth catcher to have these offensive stats. How do you not put that in the Hall of Fame? No, I think – And then he's, what, also a – how many all-star appearances does he have? I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't know if he'll be first ballot because the writers are just really stingy nowadays about getting guys in. I think I, – like I said, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't know if he'll be first ballot. He has 2,000 hits. He's got over 150 home runs, 10 MLB All-Star games, four Platinum Glove Awards. Nine gold gloves. Yeah. That is a Hall of Fame resume. No doubt. No doubt Hall of Famer. One, you know, this is something a little different, but I would love to be at the game when they uh, give him his red jacket. Yeah. Well, they do that at uh, Ballpark Village usually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like they kind of introduce him or whatever, the red jackets. That would be really cool to see when Yachty gets his. Yeah, that would be cool. Also, him and Pujols both retiring at the end of this year, which means they'll be eligible for the ballot at the same time. Yeah. That might help Yachty get on that first ballot because Pujols is a first ballot. Uh-huh, for he'll, sure. He might be unanimous. And if he's not unanimous, there's definitely something wrong with the voting because um, he is one of the greatest hitters of all time. And, you know, to see them go in together would be really cool. So 
I think some of the the writers might suck up to that a little bit, as much as yeah. I to say that's the reason why. But they're a sucker for a good story. Oh yeah. And, and but even though when there are good stories, sometimes they still. Yeah. Well, I they kept Barry Bonds out of the Hall of Fame, but put in Ortiz. So yeah, wild that I. They lost all their like reputation whenever they did that. But when you pick and choose guys like that, that's where you get into issues. You know, guys that actually did test positive and get suspended, like Alex Rodriguez, that's a legitimate excuse. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, keep them out, you know, because we got to keep it clean. But Barry Bonds never did that. So it's yeah. a different story. You know, I think the part that maybe is maybe not the worst part, but. One of the worst parts about Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame is the fact that he is the reason why lots of people in the United States and around the world actually started to love baseball. Yeah. And that's just kind of sad that you're not putting that kind of guy who sparked the love of baseball for many people uh, in the 90s and 2000s. You're not going to put that guy in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. I agree. So, I mean, that... That's just kind of sad, really, more than anything. But, And it's just pettiness is all it is, is why they kept them out. Yeah. And that's annoying. But regardless, I think Yachty's still first battle Hall of Famer. Some other news around the league, though. The Yankees-Blue Jays series, really interesting one. The Yankees won the first two games in, in Toronto, I think. And Blue Jays won the last one. But in this moment, that that's obviously the series where the fan... Gave the ball to the kid. That that went viral. That where the uh, the kid was wearing the judge jersey, and the, the Toronto Blue Jays fan, fan caught it and then gave the ball to him. And then the kid like gave him a hug and stuff. And then the kid got to meet Aaron Judge the next day. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's something that the internet just that's that's a positive of the internet right there is because if that video never goes viral, the moment still happens, which is cool. But then if the moment never goes viral, he doesn't get to meet Aaron Judge the next day. So yeah. Uh oh, another thing, just a judge is having a great year. The Yankees, they were hot. Yeah. They still are hot, really. They're they might have the best record in baseball, I think. Them and the Brewers. Oh yeah. I picked the Yankees now that I think back to it. You did. I forget who I picked. I think I went Yankees Dodgers. I think I, I did the Braves. Which of the Blue Jays? We'll go back. We have it on record. Yeah. Somebody um, find that. But yeah, Judge is, I mean, he is having a year that might make him a ton of money. So, yeah, whether that's in a Yankees uniform and the pinstripes or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, apparently they had a big offer for him, but not big enough for him. Yeah. And he is maybe playing too well in terms of, how much they want to give them in terms of contract negotiations. So, yep. Which is an interesting to think about. Also, the big cities, big markets are back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Four teams. Mets, 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 Mets. I mean, they're playing great. Uh, the Yankees, obviously, <laughs> very hot. And then Dodgers, the Dodgers Angels, and Angels, finally. All four. It's the first time in MLB history that all four of those teams are in first place. So, the the I saw a stat yesterday. The Angels had a total of how many shutouts do you think they had last year? In a 162 game season, how many times did they shut out the opponent? Six, four. 
Four. How many times have they shut out the opponent this year so far? In early May. Five? Yes. They already have more shutouts this year than what they did the entire year last year. So Angels with pitching? Bears. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Angels with pitching. And they got guys. Mike Trout is rolling. He's 100% back. Taylor Ward. That's a name that non-baseball enthusiasts won't know, but he's a beast. Um, what are some other guys? That's about it. Those two guys. Shohei. Shohei, of course. You know, the two-way phenom. Pitched. He had. They were calling it the greatest game ever played at Fenway, which is something incredible. I mean, he's the Fenway's 110 years old, and they were calling it the greatest game ever played at that ballpark. He hit the ball off the green monster and knocked. He hit it so hard that his number like fell off the scoreboard. That's kind of a. That's cool. Yeah. He's just he's a legend, and I know some people think that like this is going to be a. Oh, he's going to start a new generation. I doubt it. Because I don't know if you know who Hunter Green is, the Reds pitcher that throws like 100 consistently. But he was a two-way prospect. Like when they drafted him, he was a shortstop and a pitcher, but they made him a pitcher. when He could have easily been both. But it's, it just shows that how hard it is to do both in, in the league. You just yeah. can't do it. And well, so what? Shohei... He'll play in the outfield sometimes, right? Uh, occasionally he would do. They changed the rule this year, where if you pitch, in and you DH or something like that, then you can stay in the game as the DH after you leave. It's called. It's basically the Shohei rule. It's made specifically mm-hmm. for him. But last year that was not the case. Like if he wanted to stay in the game and bat, he had to play the outfield after he got kind of like in little league. Like whenever you yeah, you just. Run out to a different position. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> really exactly what it was. But yeah, this year he hasn't played any minutes in the outfield. Which is interesting. Just hits and pitches. So, yeah. Um, tough scene of the week. Yeah. Get into segments already. Like we yeah. said, not a big show. Yeah, a little no. bit of a shorter show for yeah. the people here. Not... Believe it or not, not a whole lot going on. We're kind of just like in the middle of series in terms of both the NBA and NHL. You know, nothing set in stone in terms of who's winning series and whatnot. Yep. Um, but I'll go first with the tough scene of the week. I have two. My first one is the Chiefs somehow getting Justin Ross and how this is kind of bad did, news for the NFL. Where did he – Where? what round did he go in? What pick? Zero round. He was an undrafted free agent. And this is a hill I'm willing to die on. This Justin Ross, his freshman year, there was a conversation back uh, when Trevor Lawrence and Clemson won the national title his freshman year and absolutely demolished Alabama that we were there. People were like, why do we have this rule in place where guys have to stay in college for three years for football? And we see why every single year when they get to the NFL, why they have to stay down there because they're just simply not ready. But people threw Trevor Lawrence's name around and Justin Ross's name around for how well he played in that championship game of those should be guys that should just be able to go as a freshman straight to the NFL. Well, three years later, 
just a ton of injuries later. He's undrafted because of all the injuries that he sustained during college. Didn't he, didn't he opt out of the COVID year too? Yeah, I think he did opt out one year. And he, I mean, he had one injury that was career ending and he came back from it. Um, but the Chiefs somehow get him. He's wearing number eight. And this is a guy that we, I think that he's going to be one of the best, uh, one of Mahomes' favorite targets. And is going to be like one of those guys that would be like, oh, he was undrafted. How'd he go undrafted? You know, he's going to be maybe a possible future Pro Bowler. Oh, stuff wow. Like that. I mean, I really think he is that good. And uh, he does have the talent, but they say the best ability is availability. Yes, so it is. You stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I think they got to work, you know, they got to get him stronger so he doesn't get hurt, but also, you know, just kind of limit his usage at first to maybe, you know, see where he fits best because they, they have, you know, a solid core MVS still, you know, went down there from the Packers. Uh, they still have Kels. They signed Juju. Um, they drafted Sky Moore too, and uh, a couple other guys, you know, they've added for, um, passing, you know, to get the ball downfield this year to replace Tyreek Hill's production, which is not going to be easy, but they've definitely found speed in both MVS and Sky Moore. So yep. we'll see how that is. I just think it's a, you know, it's a tough scene when we're all sitting here going, how does the Chiefs get all these weapons every single year? Why did the Packers not sign them? You know, it's, it's just he's going to be one of those guys where you're just like, how did this happen? And uh, so, yeah. I, why why didn't the Packers sign him? What could we have possibly lost from signing an undrafted, high potential free agent like that? I just don't understand. But we do have Christian Watson. Hopefully, was he Trey Lance's number one target? Oh yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I mean, okay. Trey Lance. Uh, I told someone that he was Trey Lance's best receiver. He was. He was his best receiver. Okay. He just you know Trey Lance did a lot on his own too. He made plays on his own. Uh, and interestingly enough, I saw a thing that San Francisco staff is underwhelmed by what they're seeing from Trey Lance right now. Oh boy. So that could be a very interesting situation, especially since Jimmy G is still there. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think it's really a bad thing if your quarterback's not the day one starter in his second season, but they are pretty much saying that he is no matter what. So, I mean, you see how Jordan Love is. I mean, is this just getting ready to be his fourth season behind Aaron Rodgers? So mm-hmm. he's got to be getting a little restless, I would think, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I would not be able to tell you right now. We don't care. Uh, my tough scene is base runner in the Cubs game, Nico Horner. <sighs> This was a funny scene. So he has like a weak ground ball to the shortstop area and the shortstop for the Dodgers. I think it was Trey Turner. Goes to make a play and he's like on the run. He tries to do the Arenado throw and he overthrows it. And the Cubs, Nico Horner, the runner, thinks that the ball went into the stand. So he just like, he runs past first base and then he just kind of lightly jogs to second base. First he gets a free base. Yep. He's just trying to go get, take his free base. Dodgers first baseman Freeman goes over, grabs the ball because it hit off the wall, and he throws it to the second baseman, and he goes over and tags him out. And it, it was just a complete masterclass base running. Yeah. Right there. 
Nico's face too was just like, but how what? do you not know that? Like, that's something you, you just have to glance over. Yeah, you just have to like look to see if it to make sure that it did. That yeah. just seems something that it was also pretty incredible how far he ran like into the outfield after he ran past first base. Yeah, like I mean, he did like a full on loop past first base into the outfield, then over to second where he never actually made it. But yeah, that was a funny video to see on Twitter. Oh yeah. So, um, my tough, my second tough scene of the week is Jeff Fisher losing on a Blair Walsh like kick in a <laughs> USFL game. They were down twenty six twenty five. This kick was to win the game, and it was less than an extra point. And the guy just hit it off the upright. And if you have watched any USFL games this year, kicking it, is awful kicking and quarterback play are just at an all-time low in those leagues and it it makes the games kind of funny every single time a kicker uh struck or you know runs out onto the field it is pretty much 50 50 ball with the kickers they don't have much distance and they have no accuracy at all Except uh, there's one of them who has played in the NFL. I think it's Dustin Rose or something like that. Just something Rose hmm. uh, for one of the teams. But just a funny scene. Uh, I mean, it really was just a chip shot. And then Jeff Fisher just looked like <laughs> he got his shot. hand slammed in the car door or something like that. I mean, just a sag look on his face. So, Yeah, I mean – USFL, I'm looking at the standings right now. Do, are all their games played in one stadium? Yes, they're all That's played weird. in Birmingham this year. Which why do they is even weird? Why don't they just call them the Stallions instead of the, or why don't they just call them the Breakers instead of the New Orleans Breakers? Like they're just they're based out of cities, so I don't know if next year they're going to be traveling. Oh, but maybe for the first year they just wanted it all in the same place to see if they could even make it through a season. Gotcha. Um. How many games do they – actually, I can look right now. I think they play 10 games and then the playoffs start. Yes, 10 so. games. But, yeah, Birmingham's pretty good and Tampa Bay's pretty good. They actually were playing today. Uh, I, I didn't see who won at the end. New Orleans is pretty good too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, Tampa Bay is Jordan Tiamu. Uh, oh, really? Battle Hawks legend. So, and Ole Miss legend. Uh, That's got to be decent quarterback play then. No, it's not bad, yeah, but it's still not great. I mean, yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to watch any of the USFL games, but uh, I'd kind of like to because, you know, it's it's a fun league, I feel like. But there's some names that maybe are in there that you wouldn't realize unless, like, you watched it. So Yeah, there's a lot of guys that you know play in the league that are you have seen in college, but – other than that, it's uh, the quarterback play it makes it kind of hard to watch sometimes. I won't lie. I mean, it's just that bad sometimes. Put it on right now. There's only a game on right now. Yeah. The Jer- New Orleans jerseys are sweet. Yeah, they are. They look they kind of remind me of the Battle Hawks, actually. And that's the team that Tamu – no, he plays for Tampa Bay, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays for the Bandits. Gotcha. So, yeah. Bandits. Um, I, I did, I was able to put together some say hellos this week and it, oh yeah, <laughs> we did, we didn't do that last week. Yeah. Um, I say hello was say hello to Missouri heat. 
because it is going to hit 94 and 95 degrees twice this week and 93 degrees oh, one day. Um, dime. Uh, and it fe- the feels like it says could reach 100. So welcome back to summer. Uh, Where was spring? We got like. No, we got a spring. It was true. just cooler and a lot more rain, which is what spring really is. Uh, the past few years, actually, we've kind of just skipped spring. So I actually, people, I do, I don't disagree with people who are like, man, I miss the sun because we didn't see the sun here that much for like about the past week and a half. Tons of rain, tons of gray skies, even when it didn't rain. But I'm a big fan of the 60 degree weather days compared to the 95. So, yeah. Well, when it's not gone. rainy and windy. The 60-degree yeah. days are actually – like when it's 60 degrees and sunny, that's good. Kind of like it was yesterday. I think it was like 70 and sunny yesterday, I'm, though. But I'm that was fine amazing. with 60 degrees and cloudy. Mm, okay. I, I'm fine with it because, you that's know, fine. Yeah, no it's, rain. Yeah, as long no as it's not sunburn, windy. No sunburn. No wind yeah. sometimes. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be hot this week. But I think the week after it will go back to kind of – so we got a kind of a colder week this week, like 50 degrees, and then now we're going to have a hot week, 90 degrees, and then we'll be back to normal. So Hopefully. Hopefully, yes, hopefully. Um, my say hello is horse racing. Perfect. Let's the Kentucky Derby it. was yesterday. Um, what's the guy's name that won? It was rich strike. Yes. Who was rich 80 strike. to one odds. I have no idea if that's good or not. Like where, where was he projected to finish? Like how many horses? Uh, well, I can't tell you. I have no idea where he was projected to finish, but basically, you know, he had one of the worst odds. I mean, it's an incredible upset. So, I mean, the best odds, you know, yesterday were like, you know, around, Two to one, you know, three to one, five to one, ten to one. Those are good odds. Uh, Eighty to one. Yeah, you. What what that pretty much means is you make a ton of money if you bet on rich strike. I think that you strike it rich. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you should have known that from the name of the horse that that's a good investment you should have made. But that was incredible watching that overhead view. Yeah, he was like third or fourth to last, and then in that straightaway, he passed. Every single yeah. other horse, and he just weaved, which you just don't really see that much very often. Um, that was that's probably the jockey though, like guiding him and stuff. Yeah, I know. Up. I'm just you just don't really see it that much though on the final stretch where other horses and other jockeys just let guys weave, and he came from pretty much all the way in the back and made it all the way to the front. I mean, he just turned on the boosters mm-hmm. on the final stretch. Down the, I mean, they weren't even talking about him during the final stretch until he literally made it up to the front. They were talking about two other horses who were neck and neck pretty much. And then Rich Strike just took the glory right from under him. It was pretty awesome. Um, we both had to actually miss the race, which sucks. Yeah. I don't, I've watched that race so many years in a row until yesterday. Um, Crazy race day. It was really uh, – I saw the pictures of the crowd. Last year it was limited to 50,000, which you might be like, wow, that's still a full crowd, but not at the Kentucky Derby. That place holds so many people. The pride and of Kentucky. Were, yeah, pride of Kentucky. More uh, than Kentucky Fried Chicken. Which one is 
is more represents Kentucky more? The fried chicken, KFC, or the Kentucky, or Kentucky Derby? Derby? Oh, I mean, I would say year round probably the chicken, but the Kentucky Derby is like that's the thing. Well, I I think everybody KFC, goes there. I think KFC's gotten to the point like where it's not just Kentucky, you know, like it's kind of it's worldwide. But the uh, yeah, the well, Kentucky Derby that's strictly in Kentucky. I think yeah. I think that's more of the pride of Kentucky. Yeah, like I said, it was just nice to see everybody yeah. back there. Everybody, a lot of celebrities. Yeah, right on top of each other. Everybody in the crowd, they pack them in there. Um, yeah, the s- stars were out. Yeah, but I'd like to go that one day. That'd be, no, they, yeah. is it like expensive to go there? Uh it's. I don't think it's cheap, and you know, you gotta dress accordingly. The dress code is pretty tight. Um, well, speaking it's, of it's KFC, like an I mean, old fashioned yeah. thing. I feel like KFC. They kind of had that drawback too when that rat just decided to jump into their deep fryer <laughs> so yeah since then they've kind of had a bad rap so plan your visit to the kentucky derby like i i i would really want to do it because i feel like that's one of the best things to gamble on too yeah it's like you most can, fun i mean it's just it's exhilarating right and it, it, it's, it's so casino, short. right there the build-up for the kentucky derby on tv is like five hours and the race is like two minutes it's, yeah. it's crazy how long the buildup is. And I have sat through the whole thing. So, I mean, it's – and you're just like, why am I watching all this? I, I'm just here for the race. Um, it's crazy that it's like a sport too. Like, yeah. That's what it's considered. Uh, Rich Strike also then tried to eat other horses after the race, which was kind of an alpha move in my opinion. He was like <laughs> biting at them and trying to – You get slapped in the face by one of the yeah. jockeys. He did. He got kind of a punch. Yeah, Will Slit. No, Jawan Howard style. Yeah, not Will he got Smith. face. The horse definitely face got mushed. face mushed. Yeah, and then, but uh, that was kind of a counter though from Rich Strike trying to eat other horses, which brings up an interesting point. Um, the horses simply do not like racing environments. The horses are treated like kings and queens. You know, every other time, you know where they're from, you know, where they're trained and stuff, they're treated amazing. But on race day, I mean, they're treated like animals again. And they hate the racing environment, and it makes them unpredictable. Sometimes it makes them run slower, faster. Sometimes it just makes them unpredictable. So, like, we saw Rich Strike, he won. But then after the race, you see him trying to eat other horses. So that's just what the crowd of the Kentucky Derby can do can do to the horses. I mean, they just simply don't like the loud noises and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting thing for sure. We got two more of the races, though. One of them's the Belmont Stakes and uh, uh-huh, the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, if you win all three, then you win the Triple Crown. Yeah. I know a few horses have done that in recent. Yeah. Usually Bob Baffert's horses do, but he's yep. suspended right now. Who is the who is the horse that was a rich strike? Not Baffert. It's not in any correlation to Baffert at all. I have no idea. I heard it was bought. It was like one of the cheapest horses to buy. Like it was bought for like thirty thousand dollars, and that was it. That guy, and it was literally entered in the in the Derby like a day before or something like that. So that's pretty incredible. That wide receiver there went to North Carolina that they just showed on the oh, screen. Really? Yeah, came out early of the uh, for the draft, and then. 
I don't even know if he got drafted. He played for the Raiders for like a split second, and that was it. And now he's here, obviously. Anthony Ratliff Williams. Gotcha. All right. Oh, another another say hello. We cleaned up nice yesterday. If you follow the Twitter, then you. Uh, oh yeah. You saw that. Uh, as the first time I've ever worn a suit. So say hello to suits, I guess. Yeah. Um, my kiss it goodbye. I love this one. Rudy Gobert Jazz era. there's plenty of trade talks already heating up about you know like when you're when it's okay to start trading players again after the nba season and whatnot uh that some teams might be making a push for rudy gobert and that just means you know kind of a new dawn for the jazz team you know they're gonna have to find something else to build i think with uh, donovan mitchell i think their fans are fine with it though no, I do too. I'm just, I have like seen like the memes, like the mock trades where they trade both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell still has to deal with Rudy Gobert, but he, he may be the most hated player in the NFL. You mean NBA? NBA, yes. Rudy Gobert. I think it's it might be Grayson Allen, but I don't know. Well, he was already yeah, hated. LeBron. You know, True. at the he, end of the day, LeBron also has a lot of yeah. He lovers, has a lot of lovers, yeah. but a lot of fans. But Hardcore he fans. also has the probably the most haters out of anybody. So maybe for different reasons, but a lot of the NBA community I know just hated Rudy Gobert. I don't know, maybe because he was French, but and then the whole COVID situation yeah, happened. The COVID thing, I think, is what it's not even his, his fault. Yeah, he really, gets the know? blame for it. But, he gets the blame for it. But it, but it was inevitable to anybody. It was, yeah, it was gonna happen. So, but he's the guy. So you just point to him. So yep. Yeah, uh, my kiss of goodbye is my curse at the Cardinal game. I'm finally free. You finally won a game? No, well, over the last few years, this is dating back to before COVID because, see, last year I went to a game in Colorado and Cleveland, and I went to another game at Bush Stadium earlier in the year, um, and we lost all three of those games. And then, obviously, in 2020, there was no fans. And this streak, it was up to seven or eight games, dating back to 2019, probably 2018. Straight L's? Every time I went to watch the game in person, we would lose. Like, we'd always find a way to lose, it seemed like. And uh, so I went during the winning streak last year. It was at 16 games. It was against the Brewers. It was that $5 ticket steal or whatever. So you mm-hmm. had to sit in the second deck for like five bucks or something like that. Me and my dad went for that. That was really cool. We actually got to see them clinch a playoff spot in that game too. But I remember going that and I was like, which streak is going to be more powerful? The Cardinals winning streak or my losing streak? And I think their winning streak set me free of my curse because like I said, I went, me and my dad went to the game on Monday and we won and we only scored one run. So I think my curse is finally over. I, it it tried, it mm-hmm. tried to do its work. Yeah, the curse did to, on Monday. Yeah, it held offense for sure. But yeah, not enough. Not, not enough. <laughs> so I think the winning streak finally set me free. So that's my kiss of goodbye, and I'm thankful for it because yeah, now I can go to the games without having to worry about you know being responsible that's for interesting loss. um i actually had one of those when i was much younger it was four games mm-hmm. so probably yeah. just coincidental but i that 
I, don't I was think- young and I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, we've lost the last four times I've been. Yeah, so- I. It was at least seven games. I think it was. I I want to say eight. It could have been nine. I honestly lost track though. I got, it was just redundant. Every time <laughs> I went, we lost. And a lot of times it was a blowout. Like it wasn't even close. So now back to back games that I've been. I'm on a winning streak now. I, not yet. A new streak. No, nope. I need you need three to have a winning streak. <sighs> I think as soon as you start winning, it's a streak. No, not one game. One game is not a winning. Two streak. is a streak. Two's borderline. Three, three's a winning streak. So I go to the next one. Maybe for the Blue Jays. I w- I want to go to the Blue Jays game. That's coming up in a few weeks here. Yeah, but that could also be the start of a new streak. Oh, you think about it. That's so. But I just kissed a goodbye. Maybe me <laughs> putting this in my kiss a goodbye will be. That's the, the end of it. Yep. It's a new cur- I cursed myself again. So. But yeah, that's the that's the show. Yeah, that's that all we show. got. So I think we're sitting around a little bit over an hour right now. So yeah, definitely sure. on the shorter side of things. But next week we may have a a nice treatment thing. So that'll make it a little bit longer. So make sure you tune into that. And uh, yeah. yeah, possible. Possible first interview, not confirmed, though. Yeah, it's not confirmed. But it is soon, so. Yeah. Uh, Fun show, fun show. Yeah. Easy show, Mother's Day show. Happy Mother's Day once again. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Have a great week. Make sure to – I have to say this one thing. Make sure to follow us on all the platforms. We haven't been saying that enough, but follow us on the Twitter Subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't. Yeah, uh, links to all the links to all the platforms that we're on will be in the YouTube description this week. Been slacking on that, but we'll be back. Yeah. So our Instagram's been slacking too. I haven't been posting that on there, but hopefully we can get that up and running again. But thank you to all who listened once again, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. we